The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. You are an awesome bunch. Thank you so much for your generous support during the Relevant Radio Pledge Drive last week. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, November 8th, 2021, Monday of the 32nd week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year B, cycle 1. Monday is a day to pray the joyful mysteries of the Rosary. And our saints today are the four crowned martyrs. Actually, two groups bear that name. Castorius, Claudius, Nicostratus, and Symphorian were tortured and slain in Pannonia, having been carvers who refused to carve a pagan statue. The second group died at Albano, Italy. They were Carpophorus, Secundius, Severian, and Victorinus. A basilica was erected out in honor of these martyrs in Rome. Four crowned martyrs, pray for us, and let's offer this day to the Lord. My Lord and Father, inspire my words, thoughts, and actions, and accompany them with your aid, so that I may undertake all my activities according to your will and out of love for you, I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying that people who suffer from depression or burnout will find support and a light that opens them up to life. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my God and Angel, intercede for me. Jesus, in the prayer that you yourself taught us and that therefore must be such an important prayer, you said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But Lord, is that possible? To be spared temptations? to be kept away from them. And in fact, we know that we can't avoid all temptations. Indeed, Jesus, you tell us in today's Gospel, temptations to sin are sure to come. So what, Lord, are you telling us? If we wanted to avoid temptation completely, well, we wouldn't leave our house in the morning. And we wouldn't check our phone or the internet. And we wouldn't speak to our brothers and sisters, or our wife or husband or colleagues. And we'd probably better not even open our eyes. Because all these things could potentially lead us into sin. Certainly there are many graces and good opportunities awaiting us on the internet. But we also know there are many opportunities to sin. And even speaking to a sibling or a friend, though generally a great thing to do, could lead to an argument or to some jealousy or some gossip. And if we really wanted to avoid temptation altogether, we'd do better not even to think because we know very well that the devil can put evil thoughts into our heads. Temptation awaits us even in good deeds because even then pride could creep in or the desire to impress others. Temptations seem like a fierce animal crouching at the door waiting to pounce the moment we open it. Jesus, because you are the wisdom of God you know very well our situation. And you know very well the importance of prayer. Prayer is necessary to conquer, but it doesn't always produce immediate 
miraculous results, although it might do sometimes. We could say that prayer is a process. It's usually a course of healing more than a miracle cure. So yes, we need to keep on praying to be spared temptation, or rather, as the fathers of the church used to teach, to be saved from falling into temptation, because there will always be temptations, but we want to be saved from falling into them. Yes, we can't avoid temptations altogether, but by the grace of God, we can conquer temptations. St. Paul teaches us, he's writing to the Corinthians, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your strength, but with the temptation will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Lord God, you always give us the way to escape. You give us the grace to conquer. For a start, you give us the intercession of Our Lady, and of Saint Joseph, and our guardian angel, and the saints. You give us our conscience, and its warning bells, which ring loud and clear when it senses evil, like an alarm that rings when it senses smoke. God, you give us common sense, which just as it tells us to keep well away from a smoking building, and any signs of fire, so our conscience tells us to keep away from the occasions of sin, which have something of the fire of hell. Indeed, St. Josemaria told us, don't be such a coward as to be brave. Flee. That sensible cowardice. Don't get close. Don't get close to sin. Don't get close to evil places. Let's not be so foolish as to think we can deal with temptation. Of course, if we go to a place where people are taking drugs, drinking too much, are dressed in a sensual way, are clearly there for sensual and sinful pleasure, it will be very difficult to avoid sinning ourselves. The best way to avoid sinning is to not go there in the first place. Jesus, in today's Gospel, you talk to us of two ways to avoid evil and to help others avoid it too. And I think the two are linked. We mustn't take others down the wrong path and we must correct them if we see them going down the wrong path themselves. Jesus, you're very strong. You say temptations are sure to come. Yeah, okay, there will be temptations. But then these frightening next words of yours are, but woe to him by whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung round his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. St. Bede, a great English doctor of the church, says this of this text. This is spoken according to the custom of the province of Palestine. For among the ancient Jews, the punishment of those who were guilty of the greater crimes was that they should be sunk into the deep with a stone tied to them. And in truth, it were better for a guilty man to finish his bodily life by a punishment however barbarous yet temporal than for his innocent brother to deserve the eternal death of his soul. In other words, it's better to suffer anything, whatever, than to lead someone else into sin and potentially to hell. Also because if we don't repent and repent big time, well, this could take us to hell ourselves. I don't know if you've seen the Disney Pinocchio film where little Pinocchio is constantly getting himself into trouble and, and there's Jiminy Cricket trying to guide him towards the good but Pinocchio has an incredible capacity to fall into mischief and at one point he's being led by Jiminy Cricket back to school and to study in other words to make something of his life and who should appear but Honest John of course who is the opposite of Honest a lying fox depicted as such in the film Honest John appears to tempt him to go to Pleasure Island where he'll waste his time and waste his life.
boy, you are allergic. Allergic? Yes, and there is only one cure. A vacation on Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island? Yes, that happy land of carefree boys, where every day is a holiday. But I can't go. I Why, of course you can go. I'm giving you my ticket. So Jiminy Cricket appears again to try and get Pinocchio out of this latest mistake. Well, how often are we honest, John? We want to do something wrong, so we look for someone to do it with us. Isn't that how we humans trick ourselves? We think that as long as we can get others to do it as well, it's okay. We sin in herds to try to trick ourselves that as others are doing it too, it's okay that we do it. We want to waste time, so we look for someone else to waste it with us. We want to go to some indecent place or unsuitable film or movie, and we want someone to come with us to Pleasure Island. No, let's be Jiminy Cricket, trying to save people from evil, not Honest John, by bringing them into it. And let's remember these words of Jesus. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung round his neck, and if he were cast into the sea, than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Little ones can be children or the innocent or people new to the faith or the naive or, or anyone. So when you feel like starting to gossip because you feel bad about someone else and you're looking for someone to share your negativity, well think of that millstone. When you want to waste time instead of work or studying, think of that millstone. It's better to drown in the sea than to lead others into sin. It's better to lose your own earthly life than to risk someone else, and perhaps you too, losing their eternal life. But Jesus, that's not enough. You demand more from us to be your apostles. You don't just say, don't lead others into sin. You then add that we should positively guide them away from it. It's not just a question, as I said, of not taking people down the wrong path. It's doing all we can to help stop them going down that path. And so, Lord, you say, if your brother sins, rebuke him. You'll then speak to us about forgiveness. But let's just focus here on what you say, on correction. What we could call fraternal correction. If you see someone else going down the wrong way, the way to evil, the way to sin, even to hell, then you must do all you can to stop them. Obviously common sense. You have to judge whether your intervention will help or not, or by only make things worse. But if you can reasonably correct someone with any hope that it might work, you must. So Jesus, help us to appreciate ever more the high standard of Christian life. It means above all loving you and loving others. But loving means avoiding sin. If we lead others into sin, we're not loving them, we're hating them. And if we correct others appropriately to save them from sin, we're also loving them. Jesus, teach us this tough love to make ourselves tough on sin. Tough on its rejection in our lives, in the lives of those around us, which is not to be rigid pompous or self-righteous and tough on rejecting sin in society. And may the Blessed Virgin Mary, immaculate, all-holy, free from sin, keep us from sin and help us to keep many others from sin too by our good example and by the appropriate correction when required. 
I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my God and Angel, intercede for me. There's more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 15 past the hour. We'll pray the hours next on Daybreak. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app from Monday of the 32nd week in Ordinary Time, November 8, 2021. I'm Paul Sadek. Let's join the whole church in prayer now. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And and my my mouth mouth will proclaim proclaim your praise. praise. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. The Lord's is the earth and its fullness, the world and all its peoples. It is he who set it on the seas, on the waters he made it firm. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things, who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him. Seek the face of the God of Jacob. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, the mighty, the valiant. The Lord, the valiant in war. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who is he, the King of glory? He, the Lord of armies, he is the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Most 
and have all mysteries before your throne we lie. Have mercy now and evermore, most holy Trinity. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart. How good God is to Israel, to those who are pure of heart. Yet my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was filled with envy of the proud when I saw how the wicked prosper. For them there are no pains. Their bodies are sound and sleek. They have no share in men's sorrows. They are not stricken like others. So they wear their pride like a necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. Their hearts overflow with malice. Their minds seethe with plots. They scoff. They speak with malice. From on high they plan oppression. They have set their mouths in the heavens, and their tongues dictate to the earth. So the people turn to follow them and drink in all their words. They say, How can God know? Does the Most High take any notice? Look at them. Such are the wicked, but untroubled. They grow in wealth. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart. Their laughter will turn to weeping, their merriment to grief. Their Their laughter laughter will will turn turn to weeping, their merriment to grief. How useless to keep my heart pure and wash my hands in innocence when I was stricken all day long, suffered punishment day after day. Then I said, If I should speak like that, I should abandon the faith of your people. I strove to fathom this problem too hard for my mind to understand until I pierced the mysteries of God and understood what becomes of the wicked. How slippery the paths on which you set them! You make them slide to destruction. How suddenly they come to their ruin, wiped out, destroyed by terrors. Like a dream one wakes from, O Lord, when you wake, you dismiss them as phantoms. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Their Their laughter will turn to weeping, their their merriment to grief. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. And so when my heart grew embittered, and when I was cut to the quick, I was stupid and did not understand, no better than a beast in your sight. Yet I was always in your presence. You were holding me by my right hand. You will guide me by your counsel, and so you will lead me to glory. What else have I in heaven? But you, apart from you, I want nothing on earth. My body and my heart faint 
for joy. God is my possession forever. All those who abandon you shall perish. You will destroy all those who are faithless. To be near God is my happiness. I have made the Lord God my refuge. I will tell of all your works at the gates of the city of Zion. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. It is good to be with you, Father. In you is fullness of life for your faithful people. In you all hope resides. May you lead us to everlasting happiness. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. To savor your words is my delight, O Lord. Honey itself is not sweeter. From the book of the prophet Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar asked Daniel, whose name was Balthasar, Can you tell me the dream that I had and its meaning? In the king's presence, Daniel made this reply. The mystery about which the king has inquired, the wise men, enchanters, magicians, and astrologers could not explain to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what is to happen in days to come. This was the dream you saw as you lay in bed. To you in your bed there came thoughts about what should happen in the future, and he who reveals mysteries showed you what is to be. To me also this mystery has been revealed, not that I am wiser than any other living person, but in order that its meaning may be made known to the king, that you may understand the thoughts in your mind. In your vision, O king, you saw a statue, very large and exceedingly bright, terrifying in appearance as it stood before you. The head of the statue was pure gold. Its chest and arms were silver, its belly and thighs bronze, the legs iron, its feet partly iron and partly tile. While you looked at the statue, a stone which was hewn from a mountain without a hand being put to it struck its iron and tile feet, breaking them in pieces. The iron, tile, bronze, silver, and gold all crumbled at once, fine as the chaff on the threshing floor in summer, and the wind blew them away without leaving a trace. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. The interpretation we shall also give in the king's presence. You, O king, are the king of kings. To you the God of heaven has given dominion and strength, power and glory. Men, wild beasts, and birds of the air, wherever they may dwell, he has handed over to you, making you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. Another kingdom shall take your place, inferior to yours then a third kingdom of bronze which shall rule over the whole earth. Then there shall be a fourth kingdom strung as iron. It shall break in pieces and subdue all these others, just as iron breaks in pieces and crushes everything else. 
The feet and toes you saw, partly of potter's tile and partly of iron, mean that it shall be a divided kingdom, but yet have some of the hardness of iron. As you saw the iron mixed with clay tile and the toes partly iron, partly tile, the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. The iron mixed with clay tiles means that they shall seal their alliances by intermarriage, but they shall not stay united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the lifetime of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed or delivered up to another people. Rather, it shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and put an end to them, and it shall stand forever. That is the meaning of the stone you saw hewn from the mountain without a hand being put to it, which broke in pieces the tile, iron, bronze, silver, and gold. The great God has revealed to the king what shall be in the future. This is exactly what you dreamed, and its meaning is sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell down and worshipped Daniel and ordered sacrifice and incense offered to him. To Daniel the king says, Truly your God is the God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. That is why you were able to reveal this mystery. The Word of the Lord The God of heaven shall establish a kingdom which will never be destroyed. It will overwhelm and absorb all the kingdoms of the earth. And God's God's kingdom kingdom shall stand forever. The stone which the builders rejected has become the keystone of the building. If this stone should fall on anyone, it will crush him. And And God's God's kingdom kingdom shall shall stand forever. A reading from a homily written in the second century. Great is the mercy that Jesus Christ has shown us. The first benefit that we owe to his mercy is that we who are living do not sacrifice to dead gods or worship them, but have, through Jesus Christ, attained a knowledge of the Father. What else is knowledge of the Father but the recognition of Him through whom this knowledge comes to us? He Himself declares, Everyone who acknowledges Me, I in turn will acknowledge in the presence of the Father. This then will be our reward if we acknowledge Him through whom we have been saved. But how shall we show that we acknowledge him? By doing what he says, by not disobeying his commands, and by honoring him not only with our lips, but with our whole heart and our whole mind. For he says in Isaiah, This people pays me lip service, but its heart is far from me. Let us not only call him Lord, for that will not save us. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will be saved, he warns but only the man who does what is right. So then, brothers, let us show our faith in him by our deeds, by loving one another, by not committing adultery, by not finding fault with one another, or being envious. Instead, let us be chaste, merciful, and kind. We should also have compassion for one another and not be covetous. We have to prove that we believe in him by performing such actions as these, and by avoiding whatever is contrary to them, since we fear God rather than men. Should we fail to do so, we have the Lord's warning. If you do not keep my commandments, even though I had pressed you to my heart, I will thrust you away from me and say to you, Out of my sight, 
you whose deeds are evil, you are complete strangers to me. Therefore, my brothers, let us enter the lists in the knowledge that the contest is imminent. Many men travel far to contend for a crown that soon fades, yet not all of them win, but only those who have strained every nerve and competed fairly. Let us so contend that we may all be crowned. Let us run a straight course in the race of the Christian life, setting out in great numbers to take part in it, and then striving for the crown with all our might. Even if we are not able to win, at least let us draw near to victory. Now we must surely know that even when the contest is for a wreath that lasts but a day, if anyone is found to be breaking the rules, he is flogged and driven off the race course. What do you suppose, then, will be the fate of the man who breaks the rules in the contest of the Christian life? Of those who have not kept the seal of their baptism unbroken, Scripture says, The worm does not die, and the fire is never extinguished. They will be a spectacle to all men. You have turned away from idolatry to serve the living and true God, and now you await the coming of His Son from heaven, the one whom He raised from the dead. Jesus, Jesus our, our Deliverer, from, from the wrath that is to come. Now, my children, live in Him, so that when He appears, you may be fully confident and not turn away from Him in shame at His coming. Jesus, our, our Deliverer, from, from the wrath that is to come. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, graciously keep from us all adversity, so that, unhindered in mind and body alike, we may pursue in freedom of heart the things that are yours. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. 23 minutes before the hour, we've got the gospel coming up in just a few minutes, along with In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Monday, November 8, 2021. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord reminds us that temptation is inevitable. But we'd better not be the source of temptation for others. It's from the 17th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to him by whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung round his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this sycamine tree, Be rooted up and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. 
This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, all the daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. The Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us that scandal is an attitude or behavior which leads another to do evil. And that can be a behavior which is not of itself sinful. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 5, Ordinary Time. Following the Master's lead, St. Paul asked the first Christians to avoid giving scandal, particularly to those who will have had little formation. Only take care, lest this liberty of yours somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. We exercise a great influence on those among whom we live. We have to give good example to the people around us. The Lord preached his doctrine fearlessly, even though he knew the Pharisees would take offense. This was a case of false scandal. It arises when people are not willing to accept the truth and look for contradictions or excuses instead. We are familiar with this behavior in our own day. People pretend to be scandalized because a couple has many children, because they are happy with what God has given them, because they have chosen to live their Christian vocation to the full. A faithful Christian will find that his behavior is frequently at odds with a pagan environment. He or she will scandalize many people. St. Peter recognized this clash of values when he described Christ using words from the prophet Isaiah, a stone that will make men stumble a rock that will make them fall. This was also Simeon's prophecy to the Blessed Virgin. We should not be surprised if the same thing happens to us. Nevertheless, we should try as much as possible to practice charity with other people. We should not seek out confrontation. Let us remember that the Lord sent Peter to pay the temple tribute, even though he was not obliged to do so. Jesus did not want to shock the tax collectors who consider the Lord an exemplary Jew. We will never be lacking in opportunities to imitate the Master in this regard. I don't doubt your good intentions. I know you act in the presence of God, but, and there is a but, your actions are witnessed or may be witnessed by men who judge by human standards, and you must set a good example for them. Scandal becomes especially deleterious when it emanates from a people who enjoy a certain measure of public authority or prestige, parents, teachers, government officials, writers, artists, and from anyone who has responsibility for forming others. St. John of Avila has commented on this sad state of affairs. If the simple folk live in a lukewarm state, the situation is regrettable. They hurt themselves, but a remedy is possible. If, however, it is the teachers who are lukewarm, then the Lord's warning must be considered. Woe to him by whom they come. Great harm can come from their lukewarmness because it will easily spread to others and dampen their spiritual fervor. The Lord wants us to be aware of the good and the evil we can do by the words we speak. Can you know what damage you do throwing stones with your eyes blindfolded? Neither do you know, because you're blinded by thoughtlessness or passion, the harm you produce at times very great, dropping uncharitable comments that to you seem trifling. The person who is responsible for scandal has the obligation to repair the damage he has done. The obligation is one of charity and at times one of justice. 
public scandal calls for public reparation. And because it is typically impossible to make sufficient reparation, there remains the obligation of further prayer and penance. A contrite soul will always find the most charitable way to repair the damage done. This gospel passage should move us to say to the Lord, Forgive me, Jesus, if I have ever given scandal to your little ones, even without knowing it. We can ask for pardon for these hidden sins in confession. Then we must resolve to be more prudent in response to the Lord's warning, Take heed to yourselves. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. 15 before the hour. Let's pray with the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Each morning, Lord, you fill us with your kindness. Each morning, Lord, you fill us with your kindness. O Lord, you have been our refuge from one generation to the next. Before the mountains were born, or the earth or the world brought forth, you are God without beginning or end. You turn men back to dust and say, Go back, sons of men. To your eyes a thousand years are like yesterday, come and gone, no more than a watch in the night. You sweep men away like a dream, like grass which springs up in the morning. In the morning it springs up and flowers, by evening it withers and fades. So we are destroyed in your anger, struck with terror in your fury. Our guilt lies open before you, our secrets in the light of your face. All our days pass away in your anger. Our life is over like a sigh. Our span is seventy years or eighty for those who are strong. And most of these are emptiness and pain. They pass swiftly and we are gone. Who understands the power of your anger and fears the strength of your fury? Make us know the shortness of our life, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Lord, relent. Is your anger forever? Show pity to your servant. In the morning, fill us with your love. We shall exalt and rejoice all our days. Give us joy to balance our affliction for the years when we knew misfortune. Show forth your work to your servants. Let your glory shine on their children. Let the favor of the Lord be upon us. Give success to the work of our hands. Give success to the work of our hands. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Lord, send your mercy and your truth to rescue us 
from the snares of the devil, and happy to be known as companions of your Son, we will praise you among the peoples and proclaim you to the nations. Each morning, Lord, you fill us with your kindness. From the farthest bounds of earth, may God be praised. From the farthest bounds of earth, may God be praised. Sing to the Lord a new song, His praise from the end of the earth. Let the sea and what fills it resound, the coastlands and those who dwell in them. Let the steppe and its cities cry out, the villages where Kedar dwells. Let the inhabitants of Sila exalt and shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and utter his praise in the coastlands. The Lord goes forth like a hero. Like a warrior, he stirs up his ardor. He shouts out his battle cry. Against his enemies, he shows his might. I have looked away and kept silence. I have said nothing, holding myself in. But now I cry out as a woman in labor, gasping and panting. I will lay waste mountains and hills. All their herbage I will dry up. I will turn the rivers into marshes, and the marshes I will dry up. I will lead the blind on their journey by paths unknown. I will guide them. I will turn darkness into light before them and make crooked ways straight. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. From the farthest bounds of earth, may God be praised. You who stand in his sanctuary, praise the name of the Lord. You who stand in his sanctuary, praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing a psalm to his name, for he is loving. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself and Israel for his own possession. For I know the Lord is great, that our Lord is high above all gods. The Lord does whatever he wills in heaven, on earth, in the seas. He summons clouds from the ends of the earth, makes lightning produce the rain, From his treasuries he sends forth the wind. The firstborn of the Egyptians he smote, of man and beast alike. Signs and wonders he worked in the midst of your land, O Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his servants. Nations in their greatness he struck, and kings in their splendor he slew. 
Sion, king of the Amorites, Og, the king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan. He let Israel inherit their land. On his people, their land he bestowed. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Where two or three gather in your name, Lord, you promise to be with them and share their fellowship. Look down upon your family gathered here in your name and graciously pour out your blessing upon us. You who stand in his sanctuary, praise the name of the Lord. A reading from the book of Judith. We should be grateful to the Lord our God for putting us to the test as he did our forefathers. Recall how he dealt with Abraham and how he tried Isaac and all that happened to Jacob in Syrian Mesopotamia while he was tending the flocks of Laban, his mother's brother. Not for vengeance did the Lord put them in the crucible to try their hearts, nor has he done so with us. It is by way of admonition that he chastises those who are close to him. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Sing a new song to the Lord. Give him the praise that is due. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Blessed be the Lord, for he has come to his people and set them free. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets he promised of old, that he would save us from our enemies, from from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, The The dawn dawn from on high shall break break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now 
and will be forever. Amen. Blessed be the Lord, for he has come to his people and set them free. Because Christ hears and saves those who hope in him, let us pray. We praise you, Lord. We hope in you. We We praise you, Lord. We hope in you. We thank you because you are rich in mercy. And for the abundant love with which you have loved us. We We praise you, Lord. We We hope in you. With the Father, you are always at work in the world. Make all things new through the power of your Holy Spirit. We We praise you, Lord. We hope in you. Open our eyes and the eyes of our brothers. To see your wonders this day. We We praise you, Lord. We we hope in you. You call us today to your service. Make us stewards of your many gifts. We We praise you, Lord. We We hope in you. Now let us offer together the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. God, our Creator, you gave us the earth to cultivate and the sun to serve our needs. Help us to spend this day for your glory and our neighbor's good. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Time to get it in gear. Morning Air is coming up next. I'm Paul Sadek. Let's do it again tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the app. In the meantime, go out and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.